In this episode, I'll be talking about the brain and the butt, how they relate, when you need to connect them, and when you need to separate them. So here we go, episode 141, Brain and Butt. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So today I'm going to talk about your butt. Well, I mean, not your specific butt, and actually not my specific butt, but kind of butts in general, (laughs) as they relate to riding, and in particular, what the connection is between our brain and our butt. Now, I'm going to do this in a completely non-neurosciencey way, but hopefully in a way that perhaps you can find practical. There's going to be three chapters. Chapter one, be aware of your butt. Chapter two, ride like a butthead. And chapter three is separation of brain and butt. Okay, chapter one, beware your butt. Now, to be clear, I I didn't say beware of your butt, although there are probably moments when you do want to beware of your butt or maybe beware of other people's butts, but I digress. We just want to have awareness about our butts because the brain and the butt are indeed connected. So butt clenching is a really common and totally natural reaction to a stressful situation. It's a subconscious attempt to control a situation, like be ready for action. And we know that a tight butt sure is not conducive to your horsemanship, your riding, or your horse relaxing. And so that's why you want to be aware of your butt. Because if we're clenching our butts, we're probably clenching other things too, like our fists or our jaw. And none of that is too helpful for our riding or our horses either. And that's why it's so important to have a reflex to relax and have ways to be aware of and turn around fear. You know, horses can be scary and none of our natural reactions as humans are helpful. So you want to unclench inside your head before it gets to your butt. You know, we may, be think, we may think we're hiding it, but if that butt is clenched, we're definitely not hiding it from our horse. As Shakira says, the butts don't lie. Well, I mean, she said something like that. Ah, hips, butts, same general area. Now, I wrote a blog about uh, techniques that you can use when you feel fear with your horse. I'll add the link to that in the show notes. But it's around bringing yourself into the present moment. Things like uh, I have riders do narration when they ride. I practice a technique I call maybe today, which kind of lets people start preparing for something, but gives them an out. So you don't, maybe you don't have to do it if you're feeling fear, don't. So it's all about trying to stay in this moment. I also have a technique that I call you're okay, <laughs> where when you're feeling fear uh, and you feel yourself clenching, you can reach forward 
rub your horse, and I have people do it with an open hand. So you're still holding the rein in your hand, but you can reach forward with an open hand, rub your horse, and say out loud, you're okay, right? So you're talking to your horse, you're also talking to yourself. And again, I'll have the link to that in the show notes. You can also go to the video classroom and search for fear. There's a video label called fear. And if you click on that, you'll get to a bunch of videos um, that deal with how to um, unclench (laughs) in your body and your mind. The narration uh, technique, I'll just take a moment to talk about that. That is, uh, it helps bring people into the present moment by um, you're narrating, you can either narrate what you just did, um, or you can narrate what you're about to do, which is actually even um, more valuable. But sometimes if you're in a stressful moment, sometimes it's hard for people to think um, about what they're going to do next. They can't plan, which in which case you should probably pause for a moment, (laughs) sit on the fence (laughs) until your butt unclenches. But it still can be a powerful tool to help turn things around. So it would just look like I I ask people to out loud so I can hear them. It's so I can hear them. It's also so they can hear themselves. It's also so they breathe. Um, Or you're just like, okay, I'm on the long side now. And okay, now now I'm turning the corner and I'm doing a circle. So it's a narration of the present moment, which is automatically going to help the brain be in the present moment. And you know, if they're still riding, then they are probably okay. Or it will help them realize to not try to cover it up and keep it just a hidden butt clench, but to go, I really feel out of control right now. I need to stop. And if they are okay, or if you're okay when you're riding and you just feel some clenching in your brain and butt, uh, and, but you feel like, no, I, I can do this. I'm safe. I just need to practice this. Then um, narrating the future can be really helpful and not the distant future, but like the, the next few strides. So in, instead of if before you were narrating the present moment, it sounds something like I'm circling. Um, narrating in the future will sound like, and when I get to that marker, I will circle. And then after the circle, I'm going to go straight. And then at the next corner, I'm going to do a transition. So that's narrating in the near future, which is incredibly, incredibly um, useful tool. It's something I'll do if I'm on a horse that I'm, for some reason, feeling a little bit nervous about. And I think it relaxes the horses too, because we're not swirling in our heads. We're busy just reporting on the present moment and the horses can feel us make that shift from um, worrying and that circular, either circular kind of thinking, worry, 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 or just blank, like not, not thinking at all, just frozen brain. That might be a technical term, (laughs) neurobiologists out there. You can tell me what the technical term for frozen brain is, or maybe it's not a thing, but it's something I've experienced and I felt students experience. All right. So, uh, the other, the other thing that I mentioned just briefly, and I, I, I probably have mentioned it on this podcast and some other episode, but this technique of maybe today, super, super powerful. It, that is uh, what the blog I wrote is about. So again, I'll link to it in the show notes, or you can go onto my blog 
and just write in uh, maybe today or write in fear and actually the blog will come up. But maybe today is a way to um, take pressure off. So I'll use this in a lesson situation, but you can use it for yourself too. Like maybe you're thinking, you know, pick something that feels a little bit scary to you. Maybe today I'll canter. Maybe today I'll go bridalist, whatever that is. You bring it up, you entertain the idea and you have it in the front of your mind, but at the same time, you know, it's a maybe. So there's no pressure. It's not like, okay, today we're going to do this. Because sometimes when people get all geared up, like today I'm going to go do that thing. They're so focused on like head down, blinders on. I'm going to do it no matter what, that they're not noticing that they're clenched. And they just kind of like do it. But it maybe wasn't a great idea to do it that day. Maybe you need to stay in the moment and go, maybe today I'll do it, but how am I going to know? What decisions do I need? You know, How am I going to make my decisions? What am I looking for that's going to help me decide? That's valuable. That's great to be in a moment where maybe today I'm going to take the bridle off and then maybe not today if X, Y, and Z you know, aren't happening. And that's what gives you good experiences, not just closing your eyes and going, I'm just going to go. Uh, today's the day. I, I thought about it all night. I'm just going to do it. No, don't, don't do it because you'll probably still be scared. You'll probably still be clenched. All right. So we want to beware of the butt because that, if you're aware of your butt, you might start to notice, oh, <laughs> I'm like popping myself up out of the saddle. Um, I guess I'm scared. Maybe I need to think differently. So the maybe today um, helps you stay in a decision-making mode, which has a little bit of curiosity and it give, it tasks your brain to figure out how am I going to answer the question of maybe today or maybe not. But here's the other important thing is um, it does make you think about it. So it would, you know, some people will just, you know, like I said before, kind of close their eyes, like I'm going in. <laughs> Here I go. Uh, the other end of the spectrum is the student who um, avoids it. Like, I can't even think about cantering. And right? we've all maybe experienced this, our own version of this, and we've definitely all seen it. Like, everything's going along fine, and then you just mention the word canter, or you mention, you know, whatever the scary thing is, and it's like already they're freaking out. So what happens is they go, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not even going to think about cantering, which, you know, in a way, could work in the moment, but it's not going to help you progress forward because then when you do think about it, it's like you're starting from zero. It's like, well, maybe today is a good day to canter, but because you haven't practiced thinking about it, it's going to cause actually more stress. You're going to have more work to do. So I love the maybe today. So those are all um, techniques to help you unclench your butt, basically, <laughs> to help you go back to relaxation. Okay, so that's the closure of the chapter about butt awareness. <laughs> and the next chapter is about riding like a butthead. <laughs> so uh, Karen, do explain. Those of you who have taken clinics or lessons with me may or may not have heard me say this because I, I use this fairly um, often. So here's the thing. In riding, the main purpose 
of our upper body, our, the main part of our torso, is really just to hold your head high enough so you can see where you're going. I mean, I think most riding schools and most um, great masters and, you know, the ideal is that we're riding from our seat, right? It's our seat that's the master, you know, the master controller or communicator. So even in, even when you're riding in connection with the reins, when it's done well, it actually feels like there's an energy, a connection that goes through the reins and into our low back and our seat. It, the connection with the reins done well connects our bodies even deeper. So most of what we do with our upper bodies is really designed around trying to stay in balance above that very important seat and kind of being a shock absorber for our precious brain. When we're riding well, even in connection with our reins, it feels like our arms disappear. For most of us, we have a goal to use our legs as little as possible. So really, I, f- I feel like, I know this is kind of gross, it's just a weird topic, but I'll tell people, like, if you chopped off your thigh, you know, about four inches down your leg from your, your seat, and then you chopped yourself off at kind of like the belly button, you could still ride, you could still do everything. And I know, please don't take that literally. But we basically want, you know, to have our seat as the main main part. And, and, you know, once you have that seat there, we're really, we're supposed to be feeling, not thinking, right? We hear that a lot when riding, you should be feeling, do your thinking at night and you're feeling in the day. So we kind of don't even need most of our brains when we ride. Okay. I know this is not a neurological science, scientific report. There are the brains necessary for other functions of living, Anyway, you know what I mean. But we don't really need most of our brains when we ride. Except we do need to look where we're going. (laughs) And since the eyeballs are in our heads, it's a good idea to keep our head on. And if we're going to put our head on, let's put it on straight. But you just want to put your head up upon your very relaxed butt and do it in a balanced way. You know, that control central is our center of gravity, which is, you know, it's pretty darn close to our butts. It's about an inch below the belly button, give or take. (laughs) So that's where you want to be making all your adjustments anyway. So anyway, the next time that you're out there riding and you're feeling an amazing moment, I'll bet that in that moment, you can sort of imagine that your arms and your legs and your body's kind of disappearing as your seat just blends into your horse and floats with them. And in that moment, your head will be in the zone. When I get in the zone, I feel like my mouth will open and my eyes get this like open focus kind of thing. And I'll bet in that moment when you're in that harmony with your horse, you'll feel like you're riding like a butthead. (laughs) You will feel like you have no body. You have no arms. You have no legs. You're just a little Lego piece stuck in your (laughs) your 
horse where you're stuck in your horse like a Lego piece fits into the little Lego cars or whatever analogy you want to use. And I hope in that moment you think of this podcast and I hope it gives you a little bit of a giggle and it helps you find those moments again where you can so beautifully disappear and just be that head floating on top of a butt. And this brings us to our next chapter, which is separation of brain and butt. And you might be thinking, Karen, you just said we're supposed to ride like butt heads, and now we're supposed to separate our brain and our butt. Well, yeah. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. We do need our brain for some things. So we need our brain to, you know, look where we're going. And we need to need it to plan our next movement. We need to think about where we're going. We need to think about what we're doing next. We need to make decisions. We need to interpret sensations, right? We need to plan. And some of these things can be done and are best done, like when you're taking a break, when you're, when you're not riding, you know, maybe before you even get on your horse. But some of them we do need to be able to do while riding, but they're not part of that beautiful melding of our being into our butt, <laughs> into our horse. That's, that is what is riding like a butthead, right? right? So we need to be able to ride while thinking about what we're going to do next or while we prepare for the transition before we actually do the transition. We need to be able to think about trotting 20 meters from now while you know doing a transition from like canter to trot 20 meters from now while still maintaining the canter underneath us right now. And so instructors, I'm sure, and maybe many of you, have all experienced a time when a student, like they've been working on the canter and they finally are maintaining a nice canter. And then, um, and then you tell them, okay, so prepare for a trot, 
And before you can get the word out, the horse is already splatted into the trot. And it's not always, sometimes it is, but it's not always that the horse heard the word. You know, we have horses you have to spell in front of. It's actually most of the time that it's the rider started thinking about the trot or something like, oh, thank God I can stop the canter, <laughs> you know, whatever it is for that horse. And they didn't have the separation of brain and butt. So the horse just did what the butt said and there was no separation so that the horse could, the rider could think about trotting without the butt saying to trot. So when, when I have a student like this, um, and if this is something that you guys, any students out there, riders, you know, have that trouble, like you can't prepare. This is, this is how I will talk to a student and you can actually do this for yourself too. So let's say, um, it's that same example. Let's say it's uh, trouble that, you know, they get the canner, but it's like so precarious that I can't even think about trotting without the rider immediately <laughs> doing something in the horse trotting. So it might sound like this. I'm like, okay, keep cantering, but sometime in the near future from the canter, you will trot, but you're still cantering all the way to the trot. And later in the future from the canter, down that long side or when it feels ready at the canter, you can start deciding on when you want to trot. And if the canter is still good, when you decide to trot, then you can trot, but only from the canter. <laughs> and I know that sounds probably a little bit bizarre, but it's a way to mix in their hearing equal um, equal weight given to the word trot and the word canter. So I'm doing it on purpose. I'm trying to create that circumstance where they're thinking about both of those things at the same time, or actually more truthfully, they're alternating. They're thinking about their canter, and then they're thinking about what's happening at the trot. But before they can commit to that, I'm mentioning the cantering word again. So they're thinking about the cantering. And this is, it's a coordination, right? And it's, it's different from the fear issue, where you have to be so aware, you know, and you know, I mean, be aware of your butt because it's going to tell you when you're afraid because you want to clear the fear and you want to stop thinking about the fear. So this is different because instead of saying, oh, we don't want to be, you know, experiencing this fear. We don't want to be thinking about the past. We don't want to be thinking about this other thing. Now I do you, I do want you to think about it. I want you to think about, not the fear, but I want you to think about transitions. So we need to be aware of what's going on in our body so we can clear the fear so that then we can um, now be free to connect our beautiful head to our butt. And once we are all as one, now we need to plan for the future and we need to separate it again consciously as a technique and a skill, the skill of thinking about what you're going to do while you're doing the thing that's happening now. And this really is a coordination that needs practice. It's like rubbing your belly and patting your head or vice versa. And this is where I see often, um, well, you doing test patterns, you know, riding patterns, whether you make it up yourself or you use a competition test, it can really help you develop this skill. If you never create something that you need to prepare for, 
You can't practice preparing. And I know there's, you know, many of you listening, well, many of you do compete, but many of you don't. And a lot of times, you know, there's a beauty to riding in the moment and just feeling in this moment and making these like micro decisions about, you know, what do you feel now and how that's going to, you know, make decisions for what you do in the next three strides and then the next three strides. You're always sort of riding these in these very small windows of time, which can be so beautiful because you're totally in the moment. But <laughs> if you don't ever think about a plan or a strategy or have an idea of um, here's a pattern I'd like to do to test a skill, then you're going to be missing out on that skill of thinking ahead. So there's not one that's better than the other. I think we need both. There's people who um, who can have separation of brain and butt without having the riding like a butthead part. <laughs> I guess this sounds ridiculous if someone's just coming in the room listening to this. But can you imagine there's people who are so focused on the tests, the competition tests, that they're they're so busy thinking on like, oh my God, in, in three moves, I've got to go do that diagonal lengthening at the sitting trot and I don't know how I'm going to sit it and I better get them going now, that they're running their horse off their feet, getting ready for something that's three movements away. And they're not in that moment. They're, they haven't cleared their mind and dropped into the feel and, you know, had that, that connection where they're just this beautiful, relaxed butt with a, a head attached to it steering, right? So they're both equal, equally important, and it's important to have both. And, and the order that I've presented these is sort of the order of priority. We need to be aware of our butt so that we're aware of if there are, um, fear issues, hiding, <laughs> hiding down there <laughs> where nobody can see them except your horse can feel them. So we have to have that first. Then we need to disappear our bodies. So we are just a relaxed head with a, on top of a relaxed butt or a relaxed butt with a, a beautiful relaxed head on top of it. And then from there, we need to be able to think ahead and prepare. So there's some people, you know, like I said, who can ride totally well at home, but they may might really struggle with competition tests. And it's not because they aren't capable. It, it might not even be because they're nervous. They might not be nervous at all, but it's because they haven't practiced separation of brain and butt enough. And then that can make competition or just even riding tests at home in practice such an uncomfortable situation that they don't like it. And then they just go back to in the moment. But as I've talked about before, the ability to measure your progress is so valuable and important, whether it's a whole test or just by making training plans and having, you know, stringing movements together or progressing, whatever it is, you're jumping, what, whatever it is, you need to be able to have a little bit of a strategy, have a goal, know where you're going, be able to measure it, be able to practice um, to get there. So as with most things with riding and with horses, it's always a blend <laughs> of two paradoxical things. So I really, uh, 
I really hope this helps. I hope you can let me know. I hope it uh, helps you be more aware of your butt. I hope it helps you take your head out of your butt and put it where it belongs on top of your beautiful relaxed butt. (laughs) All is one with a disappearing body. And then um, remember to then practice separating it. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.